about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Philippians in chapter 4 and from verse 6 to 7 Philippians chapter 4 and from verse 6 to 7 Philippians chapter 4 in the message Bible it says this it says don't fret this is what we just sang about don't fret or worry let's read it together ready steady go you can do better Fret or worry. Instead. What does it say? Instead of worrying what? I didn't hear you upstairs. Instead of worrying what? It says pray. Continue. Let. Shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it. A sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Breathe over your words this afternoon again that lives will be shaped, dreams will be fulfilled, and success will be guaranteed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Change is coming. I love the song. It gives us a believe that we shouldn't worry and we shouldn't fret, even though we may be facing the onslaught of depression. I've said this before over the last four weeks. I'm rounding this up right now. Um, we'll continue with another topic, but it will be slightly along that line. Depression is very real. It is very real. Depression, in fact, is no respecter of person. It has been called the common cold of emotional disorder. That's how common it is. The common cold and it appears to be on the rise. I've said this, that depression is very complex. But, but I want you to understand that when you're depressed, it doesn't mean that God has left. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have sinned and I also want you to know that if you're depressed, you're not alone, you're not isolated, you're also actually in good company. How? Because a lot of very, very godly people, people with more faith than you or me will ever have, also struggled with depression. Have Elijah, we have Moses, we have Jonah, we have Paul. All these guys that despair, they said, we we despair of life. But, But here's what I want you to know for sure. God understands your depression and he wants to help you out of your depression. You got to know that. And finally, as I've said, although depression is normal, is normal, that's not to say that we should linger in depression. 
Because it can quickly grow into a monster that saps your strength and totally paralyzes our life. So we're on an onslaught against depression. Somebody will be saying, Pastor, why you keep preaching? This is the fourth week you're preaching about depression. It's a killer. It's a stronghold. It's a principality. And it takes time and we've really got to address it. Because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want you to be able to defeat depression. I want you to be able to have all the tools that is necessary that when it knocks on the door, you're able to open the door and say, wrong address, wrong postcode. That's, what you, that's the power that we're trying to put inside you. Not only for you, but for those who also are around you. And an important part of battling depression is winning the war over your feelings. And we've, we've discussed how, uh, how do we respond to depression. Because if you come on Wednesdays, you'll find out that I speak about inroads uh, into our lives. Inroads of depression. How depression comes into our life. And then on, on, on Sunday, I deal with how to defeat depression. Because when you know how it operates, you will know how to defeat it. And one of the things we said over the last three weeks, we've, we've, used, we've used an acronym of T's. And the first thing I said is, T, the first T is you've got to do what? Transfer it to God. Make sure that you know God is all and all. You can cast your cares and your bodies and your worries and your anxieties, you can give it on to God. Number two, I said you should take immediate action. Deal with it on the onslaught. You know when it's coming. It's like someone who's been battling with migraine and you'll be healed in the name of Jesus. You know when it's about to come in. You just know and if you take immediate action, you will defeat it. If you're not, it can paralyze your entire day. Number three, I said you've got to trust the love of God. Trust that God loves you. Trust that God's got your back. Trust that God knows the image that he created. Because if you love yourself through the image God created, you're able to defeat depression. And number three, number four, which I spoke about last week, is turn someone's life around. When, you, when, you're, when you're invested in someone's life, you can't run dry. It's kind of like blood. If you donate blood, you're not going to die. In fact, if you donate blood, it replenishes, it multiplies, it comes back again. They tell you to rest for a while and it doesn't run dry. The blood, the blood keeps, the more you keep giving, the more you keep having. That's the same thing with giving to someone else's life. Instead of sitting in isolation, if you reach out to someone, it will be such a blessing to you. And the last point I want to deal with in this series is is to travel in prayer. What did I say? Travel in prayer. I'm not saying pray. Because most of the time, when people come to us, they say to us, pray, pray. You're depressed, pray, pray. Now, there's a difference in praying and a difference in travailing in prayer. And today I want to deal with the travail part of the prayer and not just the prayer. Because when you say to someone, pray, they're like, yeah, but I prayed. But the, but, but the point is, when you're dealing with a principality like that, you've got to learn how to travel in prayer. And let me say to these ladies and gentlemen, prayer succeeds when all else has failed. Doctors can fail. Therapists can fail. Medication can fail. But prayer will not fail. I know that this is a very complicated subject to talk about that has 
the potentials of opening people up to litigation because they will say the church is teaching you not to use medication. And that can inculcate fear into our minds. But I need to say, tell you with all assurance that prayer trumps every other thing that you can do. The, the, the science does not trump prayer. Medicine does not trump prayer. Before there was science, there was the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So nobody can put prayer and, and science above the word. When we say you will be healed, you will be healed. Uh, the Bible says, whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Before they brought medicine, before they brought any kind of medicine that can make you drowsy, God says I will give you sweet sleep I am the God who created the man who created the medicine I am the God who provides the cattle upon a thousand hills so when I stand in prayer God will hear my voice don't let the devil deceive you oh jump up five times oh do 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 some stretch oh do this do that do that uh, do this kind of stuff oh you can even do some uh, yoga and everything will disappear I'm not saying you can't do nothing but I'm saying things will fail but one thing that will not fail is the word of the almighty God. Tap someone beside you say pray. Pray. You've got to learn to pray. Prayer has won great victories and rescued many people with notable triumph. It is significant that what Jabez is remembered for is not some outstanding achievement. Hmm. What he's remembered for was what? Prayer. He didn't win a great battle. He wasn't a soldier. He wasn't a warrior. He didn't erect a great building. He simply prayed a prayer. And whenever, whenever we mention the name Jabez, the first thing that comes to you is prayer. Not how much he achieved. Not how much money he has in his bank account. Many people actually believe in prayer. They know of the promises that God has made. They, many people, oh, I would say many people think they believe in prayer. They, 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 they know of the promises God has made. They've even heard and read stories about answered prayers. But they use prayer power sparingly. I believe that the reason that happens, at least for some Christians, is that many don't understand how prayer works. And so when, when you're going through a, a bout of depression, you really don't know how prayer works. You've heard about prayer. You have prayed sometimes. You know the promises, but you really don't know the dynamics and the efficacy of prayer. And many people believe it doesn't really matter whether they pray or not. They feel that I can pray when I can pray. They either believe that God's going to do it, what God's going to do, he's going to do, going to do anyway. So why bother? Or the second school of thought is they regard prayer as a last result after all of their other efforts have failed. So they now go to prayer. When you have planned, when you've done every other stuff, and, you now, and all that doesn't work up, then you go to prayer. I remember this week, shared this in the first service, that my wife suddenly went out. And when she went out, I thought, okay, I can do two or three major things at home. And then suddenly, less than five or ten minutes after she's gone, 
that I got a phone call. Oh, I've got a flat tire. I'm like, you've got what? I've got a flat tire. First thing that went to my mind is, why are you calling me? I said, where? She told me, said, how did you get a flat tire? Where were you driving? On what road exactly were you driving? Stupid. As if uh, she just went to the tire and just put uh, a knife to it. I said, okay, I'm coming. While I was still shouting down the phone, my frustration is not the flat tire. My frustration is, how am I going to change this tire? Because to be honest with you, I have no idea where the spare tire is. So I drove down there and I first, first, honestly, and she had no idea. I first went around the car as if I haven't seen the car before. <laughs> and then I told her, I said, I need to move the car to an, 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 an even ground. So I was just moving the car and like, where is the tire? I had no idea. And my fear was that I have to open the boot to find the spare tire. But while she was saying, oh, I think the spare tire is in the boot, my mind was like, I'm not even sure if the spare tire is flat. You know, we pay much attention to the four ones. And when we go to the forecourts to buy petrol or someone see flips that, we don't check the spare if at one point in time it's gone down. So I was doing all that. And after a while, I'm like, mm. I, said, I just gave out the keys. I said, you drive the second car, go to where you're going. Because this thing that I'm about to deal with, number one, I don't want to look weak in your presence. I want, I want, I want you to feel that you called me and I sorted it out. She went to where she was going. After a while, she called me. I purposely did not pick up the phone because at that point in time, I was sweating. Like, ah, I'm sure they put this thing in for a reason. You know what? I now went into the book, you know, the manual, to start reading. And then I thought, hang on, this manual says that you can just put some chemical in because there's some tires that you can... But I thought, this is not the, this is not the one because in this car, there's a spare tire. <laughs> but the tire just doesn't look like the original tire. So I battled with it and then I got it done and when now, I went and repaired it and then she now called me or I called her and says, how's it going? I said, oh, it's, 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 it's solid, 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 solid. I said, oh, thank you so much. I said, yeah, you owe me some money. Uh, but one of the things I told her is when she left home, she was, I mean, she, she was going for an appointment, going to do her nails and all that. I'm like, girl, why didn't you just flag one one, one car down. Girls, ladies, if you have a flat tire, let me give you a secret. Once you see that, because you have no idea what to do, some of you, most of you, nearly all of you, <laughs> look at the tire, get back into the car, open a mirror, Take your cosmetic bag, put your lipstick on, put an eyelashes that are as long as it can be. If you forgot your weave and it's somewhere in the car, take it, put it on, and then come out of the car and start doing this. As if you're in damsel in distress. They're not going to, no, no guy is going to wait for an ugly duckling. So you next, sorry, sorry. Uh, 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 just do that and hold on. 
you will find out that change will come. <laughs> but what's the essence of the story while I was hearing the sermon is the fact that we didn't pay cognizance to the spare tire. And we make prayer like a spare tire. We, we're looking for it at the last resort. We look for prayer when everything has failed. Prayer is not a spare tire. It's the engine room of the car you drive. Prayer is the four wheels that actually carry you to your destiny. Prayer actually is the delivery room of destiny. If you can't pray, you can't experience transition. Listen to me. An object will remain stagnant until a force is applied. Hence, you will remain in a neutral position until you engage in drive the force of prayer. Because nothing moves until you apply a force. We've got to push in prayer what the devil has set to pull down. There's no point in being depressed and thinking that a therapy, a pill will help you. No. When you pray, you will actually pray that medication out. You will just find out that you forgo using it for a day or two, but you are still okay because the medication of heaven has started to work on your body and has made every other medication irrelevant. I just missed someone. Because when you pray, God starts to instill some medication. It's like a drip. It starts coming in bit by bit, bit by bit. It will annul, it will disannul, it will destroy, it will reiterate every single thing in your body that is not of God because it is a force and when the force of prayer comes in every other force against you must disappear if you believe it, share it, amen it's a force, it's a force listen, although Anna was legitimately right to be depressed nothing moved until she applied what I call travailing in prayer you have to have a doggedness, a metal, a spunk, a grit, a determination, and a stamina to push into God and pass man. There's a time you've got to push into God so far, so great, with prayer that you will bypass man. Many of us are pushing into men instead of pushing into God. Both Jacob and Jabez, they wrestled with God in their pain and prevailed over their circumstances. Jabez, he was not deterred by his circumstances and he didn't allow it to dictate his future. What was before him was greater than what was behind him. He refused. Jabez, he just totally refused to consider his environment than to compare his destination. We can either let our crisis handle us or we can let God handle our crisis. We must pray. Somebody says pray until something happens. It means push. Pray until something happens. We must pray and keep praying until we see results. It's called travailing in prayer. 
What does prayer do to us? Number one, it gives you strength. Tap someone, say prayer gives you strength. Look at them. They must stop looking at your phone. Look at them. Say, pray, tap them. Nudge them a bit. Uh, say, prayer gives you strength. As you nudge them, you're, you're pushing away that depression from off them. They look so good and so bad. They look, their makeup is so, but what is on the inside is the child. Nudge them again. Look behind you. Say, prayer. Prayer will give you strength. Put a smile on your face. You can make it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Paul says, I can do what? All things through what? Christ who strengthens me. We've got to stand in prayer. We've got to travel in prayer. Because when you pray, it gives you strength. Let me give you an, uh, what I did in the first service. Come, come guys. Uh, now you've got to come now. The other one has disappeared. So, 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 so. You stay with me. We'll teach you what to do. Uh, this is my obstacle. We face these obstacles. This is a symbol, not him. It's a symbol like you're dealing with depression. You're dealing with a boss at work. You're dealing with a family issue. You're dealing with a husband. You're dealing with a wife. You're dealing with something that seems insurmountable. Something that is causing trouble. Something that you, you, you really can't fight, fight physically. You, you just don't know what to do. And what people do is they start to pray. God, Hakata, Lord, help me. God, help me. You know I'm in trouble. I'm weeping. I'm crying. I'm Anna. Anna did not do that. Anna prayed. And while she was praying, what she was praying about was pushing her back. And when we start to pray, many of us give up in the first, first huddle. Even some medications take time before they actually react. If there are some medications, they make you worse before they make you better. And the devil discourages you at the first, first, first huddle. So when I'm praying, Matto, I'm trying, I'm trying to push through. And he is not letting me put. In fact, sometimes he's pushing me backwards. And it looks like, God, help me. God, help me. And sometimes people just fall on their knees before the obstacle. Because they have forgotten that sometimes he may take 21 days. You get up again and then you start praying. As you're praying, it's of course, you know, I'm powerless against this one. But while I'm praying, you know what? God brings help. The Holy Spirit comes and helps me. You stay there, stay there. I haven't called you yet. He now adds strength to me, and then we start pushing. We start pushing, and still we're not getting through. Come on, you got to move. And he's still resisting. That thing is resisting, and he is still adding strength to me. But you know the difference here now is he is now telling me, unlike before, we may not push past him yet, but I'm not going to allow you to give up. The Holy Spirit comes on our side, and he helps us in our weaknesses. So I may not yet see the manifestation, but yet the Holy Spirit keeps pushing me. He's saying, no, I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. And we can't push. And then afterwards, we pray. We keep praying. And then the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear. says, go speak to Arnold. He gives me spiritual strength. He's now saying, you need wisdom for this matter. Because it's all done in the travail of prayer. So I go to Arnold. I say, Arnold, I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with this. 
But because the Holy Spirit has empowered me to look for wisdom, Arnold says, oh, I went through this this time. This person can help you. So he touches this shoulder. He touches this shoulder. And we now come against him again. And this time, we're able to push him back. Because it's no more by power or by might, but by his spirit. And if I had given up in the first way, strength would not come. And that's why the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord shall be strong. They shall renew their strength. Mount up like eagles. You know what? Because if we can't go through him, we will go around him. Because when God allows you to mount, you will fly above situations and circumstances. And God says, rise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon. Light means wisdom sometimes. Ideas. Information. But we are still depressed because we don't understand the efficacy of prayer. Prayer gives you strength. And when you know that prayer gives you strength, you won't stop praying. You won't. Daniel prayed. The first time he prayed, he said, the prince of Persia came and we hold you. But Daniel was oblivious to that. Daniel didn't know that there was a principality that was stopping his prayer. But he continued praying, Matobohosh, Matobohosh, Matobohosh. And as he was praying, he said, You need Angel Michael. Angel Michael, from my knees, was summoned. Angel Michael came along. He said, Time to go. And he totally obliterated him and he moved forward. But the first day, the Bible says, when Daniel prayed, his prayers were answered. But what brought the ma- what brought the manifestation was the fact that he traveled in prayer. You may not see it now, but it is coming. You may not see it now, but you are changing already. Because when you change on the inside, your outside must obey what is on the side. Didn't hear someone? What's on the inside? The devil is a liar upon your life. You will stand strong. You will fight through. You have the determination. You have the metal. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthened you. Take your seat, guys. Number two. Ah, ah, stand in God. Let me, let, me, let me first give you some nuggets in number one. A powerless Christian is a Christian who is on a suicide mission. Weak prayer begets weak living. The way to the top is on your knees. A lot of kneeling will keep you in good standing. He who kneels before God can stand before anyone. That's why when they threw those Hebrew boys there, they were able to stand. Let me give you number two. It gives you an advantage. Ha! When you travail in prayer, it doesn't only give you strength, but it gives you an advantage. Prayer forces things to happen to you. You compel, listen to me, you compel, I didn't say you ask, you compel your disadvantage to become your advantage. You compel it. Let me give you a story in the Bible that, so that this may make, this may make sense to you. When, when, when you start to pray and you compel it, God starts to walk on your behalf. 
Jacob in the Bible. Many people, you understand the story of Jacob. Jacob went to serve Laban. Laban decided that he's going to give his first child to, uh, to Jacob. And then he gave his second child. So he cheated him and he had to work for 14 years. And then after 14 years, the guy was like, I've been here for so long. And 10 times, 10! 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10! 10! 10. 10. Should I give it to you in French? <laughs> 10! Ten times, ten times, he changed his wages. Changed his wages. Now listen to me, because many of you say, that's an increase. No, it wasn't. He changed as, it's, it's kind of, they tell you that, okay, we've given you a promotion. How many people have been there before? We've given you a promotion. So you're now doing, plus your own job, an additional job. But at the moment, we can't pay the salary for where you're going. How many of you will say, hallelujah, praise the Lord? No. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, you do it for six months, and suddenly, one day you walk into the office, and they will say, Talikwa, can I have a word with you? As Mamikwa, your boss, calls you Talikwa into the office. And then, they now introduce, here is Shaniqua. Shaniqua, will now take over the role that you have been doing for six months. I'm sure some of you will leave the office and say, thank you, Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has... No, you won't. No, you won't. They cheated you of your wages. They played you. And they played the guy. Laban played the guy. Laban said, I know that God is with you. So he played him. And so, while he was in the middle of the night praying, he says to God, when shall I provide for my own house? While he was sleeping, God turns his disadvantage into an advantage. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Listen to what God did. God came to him and says, Jacob, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. This is what will happen. Whenever these uh, uh, two, whenever they want to mate, and they come to the water uh, drinking trough. Make sure you take this stick, put it in front of them, and let them mate in front of it. And tell Laban that you will take the brown and the streak animals. Laban will quickly agree with it. As I said in the first service, please forgive me and don't sue me. I'm just giving an example. And I'm not racist. Uh, but it's kind of, yeah, you have to be careful what you say. So I put the disclaimer out first. So, so, so it's kind of you understand my wife and I someone comes and says to her that if we made together and produce a child that if the child is black then they will give us one million but if the child is white then we have to give them ten million that's, 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 that's exactly how the, 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 the probability of him being rich from what God told him is that far-fetched. Are you, that's, that's exactly how it is. And, 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 and they put us in a cage for nine months so that we just don't, nobody goes out and does anything funny. 
You see, the laughter started from the front and he gradually went to the back as people started to get it. Uh, 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 that's, that's exactly. So, who will not jump to it? I would like, love to jump to that probability. I would, I would love to, love, like to jump to it. Yesterday, uh, uh, Liverpool and uh, Chelsea were playing and towards the end, my son, because we've got um, um, my, my wife's um, um, niece, nephew, in the house and he supports Liverpool and I said to, and, and my son just opened his mouth and just said, oh, oh, if Liverpool scores, I will give you 10 pounds. And if they don't score, you will give me 1 pounds. I said, Jay, after all I've taught you to be, what on earth is that? They are going to score. He says, no, he says, I said, that is a bad deal. I said, that is a bad, before I finish deal, this guy just scored. I said, Jay, 10 pounds. He says, uncle didn't say yes or no. <laughs> he, he didn't say yes or no. So you can see, I said, I looked at him and said, this deal is wrong. That's the same thing Laban said. Laban thought, this is a good deal. You will work for me for another 20 years. But you know what? God compelled his disadvantage to become his advantage to the extent that every single cattle that mated before Jacob became Jacob's. He was so rich that when he was leaving Laban and he was sending animals so that they can go and say hello to Esau, Esau was wondering who on earth is as rich as this? When you pray, I'm telling you someone, when you pray, when you face rubbles and discouragement and you pray, I'm telling you God is an asset to you, not a liability. When you start to pray, you will recognize God as a prospector. When you start to pray, he, God, you will recognize he's not a disadvantage but an advantage. Let me say to this to you, it has been signified as man's most powerful, most powerful moment. It is the moment in time when a man can truly reach beyond his limits to connect to a limitless God. They threw these boys, three boys, into fire. And the boys have prayed so much. Not in crisis. They had already had a reservoir of prayer. Not a spare tire. Because many of us use prayer as a spare tire. No, prayer is a reservoir. When you, the more you pray, the more you place a deposit in the ground. The more you pray, when you can't pray, the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf because you have already prayed. I remember the Bible spoke about it spoke about um, um, Abraham. The Bible says when they took Lot, the Bible says God that Abraham took three hundred and twenty-seven men that were born and raised in his house. So before war, he had prepared for war. Unlike most of us, we call upon God when crisis hit. The only time most of you know how to pray. Is when when is she the one or is she not the one? You 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 didn't learn to pray to every day to God. You're now praying to God on the big one when you have already fallen or slain in love. And then when you can't do it, you're looking for prayer contractors who will pray for you. So when people come to me right now, say, "How much are you paying?" I'm joking. They're looking for prayer contract. Can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? Then they go to Karen. Our pastor said, you are a prayer warrior. You also are a prayer warrior. 
You also can fight in your prayer. There is no pastor in this entire world that is above your prayers. When you pray, you have the same access as a bishop. When you pray, you have the same access. Don't let no one deceive you. God honors you as he will honor someone else's. I remember when we were believing God for a child. They came to us and they said, a friend of us said, oh, we went to this place in Africa and we stayed there for a week. And after the following month, we conceived. And my wife was looking at me like, okay, uh, what do you think? And I was passing Washington Tabernacle. I said, uh, 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 there's a problem here, slightly. The problem here is that if we now go and we conceive, that means any difficult issues in church, we should be sending them down there because God doesn't hear our own prayer. I am not going. If God won't hear our prayers, fine. He must hear my prayer here. Little did I know when I now did the research. It's a wonderful church. It's a magnet. They really do pray. But the pastor of the church even had to wait for 15 years before he had his first child. And I showed her and said, this is the place where they're getting children. He still had to wait. God is an advantage. God is an advantage. When these Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire, and when they threw them there, fortunately, they fell on the ground, still worshipping our almighty God. When they worshipped God, before they rose up from where they were praying, four people, an additional four person was there. The advantage of Jesus, the advantage of God incarnate, who walked with them in the fire. The, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, did not throw three people there. Yeah, three people at a disadvantage. But when you throw them into the flyers then, when you throw them into the fire, then Jesus, the almighty God, appears and says, what they thought is over. I will turn it around for your good. That happens in where I call the place of prayer. Number three and finally, when you pray, it gives you peace. It gives you peace. The Bible says the peace of God that passes all understanding. Philippians chapter 4, 6-7. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Then you will experience. You will never experience any peace until you pray. The peace of God will pass your understanding. And, and listen to this is This is what happens when we travel in prayer. When we travel in prayer, not when we pray, but when we travel in prayer, when we start there in prayer, we allow God's peace to settle our minds. Pastor, how do you know how long should we pray? You pray until you feel peace. There are issues that I deal with and you just pray and you pray. Sometimes this five minutes prayer is not working. Because you have a 50 hour problem and you're using 5 minutes. And then after a while you now say I'm going somewhere for a retreat to go and pray in crisis. I go for retreats but I go to sleep. I don't want to take a crisis to a retreat. I want to deal with the crisis before I go for the retreat. We go there, guy. I just need time away. I need to make a decision. Yeah, and many people come back and say, so what did God say? Uh, God gave me this scripture and God gave me, eh, but what did he say? Uh, Pastor, and I'm looking for you to interpret that. So, what did you go and do there? But if you are praying consistently, you are calling the power. 
power of God to produce peace. So sometimes I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. There's an issue, but I pray and I pray. And I pray, I travel. Travel means to, to, to groan. So you groan so you don't moan. You, you groan so that you're not under trouble. You groan so that you give birth. Travel means like a woman who is about to give birth. She, she groans. She's in pain. She's in labor. But it's not a bad labor because it's going to produce a fruit. But while she's going through it, it looks like every hell is breaking loose. But if you're going to produce something great, you must go through a travel. She will shout. She will hold the husband's house, her hands. Sometimes, if she's not a believer, or if she's a believer, she remember how she used to curse him out, uh, and then curse him in the in the room. And then you say, "I breathe," and she looks at him like. Uh, you do it. And then he does it. Get out of here. Uh, because at that point she's travailing. But. But. Nine months will come in one second. She gives birth to that baby. And she smiles. But the truth of the matter is. When we pray. And we've given birth. There's always this peace that comes upon you. But the peace. Passes all understanding. What do you mean by that pastor? It means that on the outside, it may still look the same. But on your inside, you know it's done. What do you see? The prophet says, I don't see anything. He says, go back again. What do you see? I don't see anything. There was drought. And he was saying, there's an abundance. I hear the sound of an abundance. So he sent the prophet again. What do you see? Nothing. And then instead of him, the prophet going out, he put his head between his knees and started to pray. And then he says, go again. What do you see? He had seen rain before rain started to come. Ah, I didn't hear someone. He saw the rain. He didn't need to go out. He knew rain was coming. Ah, I hope someone believes. So when you put your head between your knees in prayer, what is outside will be down to what is on the inside of you and when I pray like that I just find that peace it just comes upon me it may look the same my wife and I can share this as I close we remember we, we, we had an issue recently and while we were there I was praying I said God what are we going to do what are we going to do suddenly my guardian 96 years old Dr. Ajeloi now said to me called me up you see this word prayer he says he says Taye don't call me that. Uh, he, he says, I am coming to your house. I'm like, all the way from Nigeria. I was about to say, Bob, you, you need to give me time. You can't just tell me you're coming. And then I thought, oh, you know what? We're in trouble. Okay, come. <laughs> and when he came, I allowed him to rest for the first day. You don't come for free. Uh, and, and then the second day, I said, well, by the way, you're preaching in church. But that's different. My wife and I sat down with him. We remember that years ago, we were in the same situation and he just popped in. So we said this, 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 this. And he looked at us. And with his head down, he smiled. And he always just like taps his leg. And he says, that thing you're talking about was produced in prayer. And the next level that is going is by prayer. We looked at each other and we remembered that that's true. The thing God gave us was produced by prayer. And if he's going into his next season, it is by prayer. The obstacle was there. We were pushing and it wasn't moving. 
until God brought reinforcement. And when he said that, there was this peace that just came upon us. The results still looked the same, but there was this peace. Because whose report would you believe? We will believe what? The report of the Lord. And before we knew anything, God just started changing it around. Just changing it around. There was one day I was praying, and I just came to my office and said, this is not pastoral, but I think we should look, ask this question, ask this question, ask this question. She looked at me. I said, I know, because in the African society, they don't t- totally believe that, how much more in the Christian but I think we should do this. And we did that, because it happened to me. I heard that voice in prayer. It went against ethics. It went against pastoral decorum. But when we did it, we started to get results. Because when you pray, you may not get the answer there and then. But while you're walking along the streets, the answer will come. While you're in the bathroom, the answer will come. Because it is a travailing of prayer, not just one prayer out of, out of the door. And when you do that, the peace of God will rest upon you. Before you leave church today, look at that obstacle that I placed. Look at those two men. Because when you start to pray, God will give you strength. He will bring that helper and that helper may not give you the solution but he won't allow you to give up. (laughs) That helper is what I call the Holy Spirit, our advocate, our paraclet, the one who comes to talk along our side. And while he's still there, he says, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, keep praying. And while you're praying, then the Holy Spirit summons wisdom to come forth. And when wisdom comes forth, you will bypass that obstacle because it will give you strength, it will give you peace and prayer is your advantage. Go this week and make it a habit so you don't become a weak Christian. Did you get anything from it? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020 You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle 131 St. John's Way N19 3RQ Archway, London Thank you for listening